Hello and welcome to another episode of Spitting Feathers Podcast, the podcast for thirsty people. It's the Lancashire Legends series and today we're joined by a woman who's made her own way in a man's world. An engineering legend herself, Annette Weeks. So we are here this afternoon at PBS Engineering in Nelson with Annette Weeks who's the MD of uh, PDS and of Touring Solutions and Financial Director of Morrow Limited. Wow, so um, Annette is a great uh, Lancashire success story in that she is, obviously we are a county that does a lot of engineering but not a lot of those businesses are led by women but this one is and uh, it's led very successfully so we're here to find out how um, how you can copy that success and how <laughs> other women can be as successful as Annette. So, um, We'll just have a little chat around um, how life started for you. Right. So you're from, you, you don't now live in East Lancaster, do you? But no, I just live uh, so slightly over the border mm-hmm. towards Edinburgh. Bridge. Yeah, um, but you are from East Lancashire? Yeah, Burnley, born and bred, yeah. Mm-hmm. And went to Habergan? Yes. And then, did you go to college after that? Uh, I went to Habergan High School and left and went to university in Hull. Okay. And you did business at Hull? Yes, that's right. And then later on, you did a master's in manufacturing leadership. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Remember this, though? <laughs> <laughs> I've written it down as well. <laughs> um, so, but obviously, your journey to um, taking over, well, you took over the family firm, really, didn't you? Yeah, that's um, right. But I think um, quite often people are just handed family firms, and that's certainly not what's happened here. No. Somebody spotted a leader, and yeah. uh, I think. Yeah, and, and that's what you've become. So, um, after school, well, after uni, you went to do... Um, well, first of all, we'll talk around um, how you got involved with PDS and sort of the beginning of the story, because really before school and all that is where the story with PDS starts, isn't it? Yeah, so um, so before before PDS even existed, uh, my dad uh, had a business selling lights, so he was... Uh, he had the agency for Big Little Lays in, uh, in Burnley. And when I was sort of seven and eight and older, I used to come, I used to spend a lot of time with him, whether mm-hmm. that was driving around in the van delivering stuff or um, helping out in the unit where we had showroom um, of CNC lathes. Okay. So I would, just, I would get to help out. Just explain to me what a lathe is. So, so I mean, like with PDS, uh, the machining we offer to make parts is, is predominantly CNC milling or CNC okay. turning. Um, so, so Dad's agency was with Big Lillard, which is the it's make, mm-hmm. um, and they're an Italian firm. Okay. And he was sort of selling them across the country at the time. And okay. We had the showroom was in Burnley. We had applications engineers uh, located there. So I would come in with him at sort of seven and eight, and I would help out, like, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> fetching yeah. bits of material and loading parts into machines, mm-hmm. and you know, getting. You wouldn't be allowed to do that now. Not that age now. It's like quite fine. Um, yeah, and greeting visitors, mm-hmm. making brews for people, answering the phone. I mean, you know, like. It, Did you enjoy it at that age? I loved it. Did I loved it. I think I, I felt really important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and also, I liked it. Was it was um, it was it was nice spending time with my dad as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was good, and it was really good. And he would he always um, with my brother as well. He would always like empower us to do more than we thought we could. Yeah. So mm-hmm. he would, if you were, you know, if you're a bit shy or you're a bit, you know, mm-hmm. nervous about doing something, there was no trouble with it. You, you know, you just had to get up. Yeah, yeah. And actually, I quite thrived under that. That's yeah. a good thing. Yeah, and so you did. Um, well, you served some time as a child on the shop floor, <laughs> some like some sweatshop, <laughs> um, and then uh, obviously went to uni. And yeah. then uh, was it after uni that you went to the states? 
Yes, so uh, it would have been the summer I finished university in Hull. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a I got a job at NASA in Houston, which is amazing, it isn't was it? Awesome. For this Burnley girl to go and work at NASA, it's just yeah, it was absolutely brilliant. And mm-hmm. um, so I was a, a monitor at the space school, mm-hmm. uh, looking after about twenty kids from all over the world that were attending the space school at Houston. But it was absolutely brilliant. So mm-hmm. you know, we spent time around space shuttle, yeah. which was in operation at the time. We were able to see a shuttle launch from Mission Control. So when you see Mission Control on TV, there's like a viewing gallery behind yeah, yeah, yeah. right there, like okay, wow. Mission Control. And we were present for the landing when they came back. So they wow. landed back, and, and we were able to meet the astronauts, I mean Collins and the other astronauts, get autographs and stuff. Um, they must working. be some of the best memories of your life. Oh, it was awesome! It was also got to see stuff that most people never have the chance to see. Yeah, it was phenomenal, and it was also the um, I think it was the thirtieth anniversary of the moon landings. Okay. Um, and we got invited to a barbecue. I didn't think much of it because there was a lot of like social socialising yeah, yeah, yeah. and social stuff organised for us. We pitched up at this barbecue where Neil Armstrong speaking. Wow. And um, this wow. this radio um, this radio presenter called Pat Patton is like really big personality. Mm-hmm. She's like cowboy boots and big oh. hat and stuff. <laughs> really, really out there. And um, I kind of got quite friendly with her. Oh. And she just grabbed me and she's like, come with me. So I just followed her through and he's Neil Armstrong speaking. It wasn't a big group. There's maybe only about 150 people wow. there for this. And as he came off the stage, she threw herself in front of him and she went, hey, Pat, Pat, nice to meet you, shook hands with him. And he was a bit taken aback, but he shook her hand and then she sort of like handed him to me. So then he shook my hand and he went off, like in the wow. security, NASA security bundled him away. But you know when you just like, I just met me a lot. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty amazing. It was absolutely awesome. Uh-huh. It, was, it was like, never, it's the sort of thing that you never, you could never create Absol- opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, and most people will never have... It's, um, we couldn't buy that opportunity. No, you couldn't. And so, how long did you do at NASA? Was it a summer? It was just the summer, yeah. yeah, it was yeah. Just the summer. And then you came back home. Came back well, home. You went to India travelling for a little bit. Yeah, I came back home. I how was India? Because it's the one place that's on my bucket list that I've never been to, but I really want to I go to. I loved it. So, so, I was there with my best friend whose mm. family are Indian okay. uh, originally, and we so we travelled and saw a lot of her family. So, mm-hmm. it's nice in that. Sorry, as a tourist, but also was able to see it like a local season. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we did about eight weeks and it was just awesome wow. and I want to go back there's mm-hmm. little places we didn't get to like Kerala and we didn't get to Goa and mm-hmm. I want to go up and see um, Shimla you know the, the train up to yeah, yeah. and all of that so I definitely do want to go back I, if, if I went I definitely think I would want to do it not as a tourist but as yeah uh, understanding the proper culture of it and yeah. travelling around really yeah. but it's yeah one place I'm desperate to go to so then you come back from India came back from India and then you've got to Get a job. Got a job. So I had an inter- I had a couple of interviews. Mm-hmm. One was with an unspecified company down in Hemel Hempstead, right? It's very mysterious. And um, and I got this interview, and they were really keen because I'd done I'd worked at PDS in a production mm-hmm. environment, and they really liked that. And um, it was Hemel Hempstead, and I was, it was such a long way, mm-hmm. and I was like, I'm not sure I can be bothered. And yeah. I'd got a second interview. I got a second interview at TRW in the Midlands, and I thought that's nearer. Yeah. It more makes sense. So you were still pining for home before you even Yeah, so I thought, I'll do the TRW thing. I'm not going to go to Hemel Hempstead. Mm-hmm. Hemel Hempstead uh, was a cardo. Okay. So right, it was right. a cardo setting <laughs> up, right? And no. I had an interview with a cardo. And I just like, on reflection, you're just like, wow, you're like, yeah, yeah. life could be different. You could have been like Mrs. Cardo. Yeah, exactly. You just look back and you go, maybe I should have done that interview. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but anyway, so I went to, I went to, got the job at TRW. Um, but it was right before September 11 happened. Mm. And then they restructured as part of that, so the job fell through. Um, and I thought, Dad wanted me to come here and... and had he always wanted you to come here? Yes. 
but I didn't really want to do that. I and were you resisting it on purpose because you wanted to go out and get life experience? Or yeah. Did you always think you would end up here? No, okay. I, I, I really did not intend to end up here. I was really <laughs> not going to do that. I was going to forge my own way. Yeah. So I, um, so the job fell through at TRW, and, and there was we were looking at new quality systems and putting mm-hmm. getting some new approvals. And I'd written all the quality manuals, and I kind of it made sense for me to do it. Yeah. So I came to do twelve months to get to put that in place, and to at the time we were trying to get Rolls Royce approval. Yeah. So I, I thought, right, well, come on, I'll do that. I'll do that. I'll do that one piece of work. We'll get those approvals. I'll mm-hmm. work, get make sure we get the Rolls Royce ticket and. You know, then I'll move on. Um, and then I'm still here. And how long ago was that? <laughs> That's, oh, it's more than 20 years wow. ago. No, yeah, it's about 20 years ago. Okay, wow. Then, so, so, you'd had, so you'd never intended on coming here? No. But I guess you wouldn't change it now for the world. No, and, and what happened was I did the quality systems, we got Rolls Royce approval, we got mm-hmm. critical parts approval, which for a little backstreet engineering in Nelson mm-hmm. is pretty good. Um, we got um, Lloyd's register approval for quality systems. So I did everything I set out to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then our production manager left. Okay. Um, and I started, I sort of filled his boots mm-hmm. and I loved it. Yeah. I just loved the challenge of trying to keep customers happy, trying to plan the production, working with the guys on the shop floor. Mm-hmm. Just the, you know, it's just such a challenging environment and fast paced and you're yeah. constantly spinning plates. And I just loved it. Um, and and how long did you do that for, the production manager stuff? Um, how long did I do that for? Oh, more than five years. Okay. Between, I guess between five and ten years, but over that time I was taking more and more things off my dad. Yeah, so, so it was a step from production manager to MD, is that? No, I, was, no, I was production manager and then I became operations director. Okay. Um, so that would be number two to your dad really? Yeah, yeah. exactly, because dad wasn't ready to, to step back really, yeah. and, and actually still takes quite an active interest, mm-hmm. although he's now mostly retired. Um, yeah, so then I, would, I just took more and more of his function, yeah. and I think... I think that suited us both. Mm-hmm. I think, I think, and you know, like there's that concept with family businesses that you know you've walked into something, but very much with my dad that was earned. Yeah, yeah. So if I was capable and you know I had to be competent, capable, and make a good job of it, then I, then yeah, you yeah. would give more to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you there's certainly no gifting of anything. No. To learn. And when you became op, so when you became ops director, did you know that the path was ultimately going to be that you would take over the running of the company? Yeah, I think by the so, time I was ops director, I was ready for him to retire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because we, we, you know, and he's under each other's feet, really. Exactly, and he's got a massive amount of experience, mm-hmm. and you know, just you know, having all that sort of life history about him. That so he's a great sounding tool. Yeah, but. We're coming at things from a different perspective yeah. because I'm not being younger, I'm a bit yeah. more like, you know, let's do this, let's You're do that. You're different things. Exactly, I want mm-hmm. to distract and do, do different things and, you know, so, yeah, so I think we were over each other's fields mm-hmm. then. And how long ago was it that we came in deep? So I've been managing director now for, gosh, I don't know, uh, maybe about eight years, eight, well, nine years. Okay. Decent yeah. skin. Yeah, and so there's uh, PDS and then there's Tooling Solutions. Yeah, so um, I've got Tooling Solutions. So Tooling Solutions was one of our suppliers. They mm-hmm. do they specialise in jigs and fixtures okay. and do a lot of tool making for aerospace. So they do a lot of work for people like Safra and so, Okay. Um, and pretty much everybody locally, the, you know, the, the main engineering manufacturing mm-hmm. companies locally we do work for in terms of fast response prototyping and development work. Um, so it's small quantities. Yeah. So it tends to be one-offs, whereas so PDS is production environment and we're doing larger size batch, whereas tooling tends to be like ones and twos and jigs and fixtures. Um, so it, there's quite a lot of synergy in terms of not just the sort of 
partially produced, mm -hmm. but also that neither has any of the same customers. Yeah. So it was a good opportunity. And, and when did you buy them? Five years ago then. Okay. Um, so that, I mean, that, that was a decision that isn't the family business, no, is that's it? Me. That's, yeah, yeah, that's me. something that you took on. I guess the confidence, being able to run this world, giving you the confidence to be able to do that. Yeah, that's it. And they're really good engineers, really solid, mm -hmm. highly skilled, excellent engineers. But it, there were some really good opportunities to increase the technology. Mm -hmm. so, the, so at the time, there was very little computer infrastructure in there at all. So they wouldn't have any CAD. Mm -hmm. um, they didn't have any CNC equipment. So it, I, I could see quite clearly things that we could do to quite quickly bring them on yeah. um, and to make, make them more productive. And, and we've got more than double turnover. Mm -hmm. We've got we've more than double staff. Wow. Um, and it's really in the last 12 months found its feet. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's really exciting. So at the moment I'm working with, you know, made some art up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Putting in, for a, um, putting in for some funding and some support to towards doing some 3D okay. printing because really in jigs and fixtures, that's where that's going. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and it's really exciting and, you know, they're super keen to help us. Yeah. And, yeah, it's just and, um, so obviously there's two institutions of PDS, um, and then is there a third business that you've got? So yeah, so Morrow. Um, so over the last couple of ten years, we've been working around medical devices, okay. um, and Morrow is a stroke rehabilitation device. So quite a lot of people that have a stroke never recover full walking, mm -hmm. uh, and the Morrow device takes you from um, sort of an early recovery state into sort of full natural okay. gains. So whereas you might have somebody with a, a stroke might throw a leg or drag a foot mm -hmm. or just yeah, doesn't yeah. have a natural gait. Um, and, and the NHS really doesn't, with the best will in the world, it, it doesn't have enough time to put into yeah. physiotherapy of those people. So quite a lot of people never really fully recover. So we've developed this device that takes pressure off physiotherapists mm -hmm. and physically manhandle people and also gives a better result. So we work with Manchester University, with Professor okay. Tyson at Manchester University and Salford University's Gate Lab. Um, the National Institute of Health Research um, have given us about £1.2 million mm -hmm. worth of funding. So that's quite different to the other two things, isn't it? Yes, very What right. drove you sort of down that... What, down the morrow oh, yeah. thing. So that initially was an engineering project. Okay. Um, that came to us as a, you know, hey, this is an idea of an engineering. Yeah. And, and actually, you know, it, it is very much an engineered uh, item. It's, mm -hmm. So it's, if you think about, you know, the wrong trousers thing, the yeah, yeah, it's a little bit like that yeah. um, in terms of its actuators and it's a metal frame and mm -hmm. it's, it's all of that stuff. So it is an engineering project. But yeah. then, it needed to because we've got a little bit of investment in that company. It needed yeah. to have its own. It needed to want its own intellectual property. Yeah. yeah. So it sort of became a spin-off. Oh, okay. So okay. although PDS is the majority shareholder, it yeah. became an entity its own right. Okay, that makes yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And obviously, um, I think it's quite well recognised that there aren't enough women in engineering. Yeah, that's um, true. And I guess it's why is that because. Everything's levelling up now, isn't it? Yeah. But is engineering a little bit behind still? I think it probably is, especially yeah. in the SMEs. I mm -hmm. think it definitely is. I mean, I remember when I first started engaging with local colleges and you would have maybe one go mm -hmm. in, a, in a year's intake or maybe two at most. Yeah. Now you go and it feels like it's more like 40%. Okay. 50%. So it's getting somewhere. Yeah, but those girls are with big companies. Yeah, yeah. So they're with Royal Drugs and the BAE or the way, you know... Yeah. The bigger middle-sized companies and not tending to be with SMEs, yeah. which I think is a real shame. I do you know, I think um, there's something to be done around the SMEs and um, 
and working with kids to make making realise how long term those jobs are, how sustainable those jobs oh, okay. are. Yeah, yeah. Jobs, and right. do you know there is? I mean, engineering is such a well. I think people in general don't appreciate it. engineering with the best paid jobs you'll find around here. Oh, absolutely. In yeah. the sort of quantity that they're available. Yeah. Uh, my dad was an engineer at Rolls Royce, and and. I think sometimes people overlook it, maybe as... Um, I think people think it's dirty. Yeah, because it's not a doctor it's, or it's yeah, not it can be around a profession. Yeah, because exactly. it's not a professional yeah. role, it's a yeah. skills role. Yeah. Um, I think people sometimes overlook it, where actually, God, sometimes I think, I wish I'd gone straight into roles, right? It's after yeah. it's the money you'd be on. Like sort of um, apprenticeship degrees now as mm-hmm. well, you know, like... Instead of going to university and accruing all that debt, yeah, yeah. you can be getting paid a wage from day one mm-hmm. and get skilled up and go on to get a full degree. Yeah. So, you know, I would you'd think the take up would be better than it is. Yeah. yeah. And oh, so the take up's increasing, but it must be quite challenging to be a woman <coughs> in engineering. So just rolling the clock back and you become production man- manager, and all of a sudden there's a woman telling a lot of men what to do. How, how was that? Because um, <laughs> they would have been used to a, a man doing that, wouldn't they? I think uh, I had the benefit of always having been around it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I didn't lack in confidence okay. because it's kind of all I've ever known. Yeah. yeah. So I wasn't second guessing myself, and mm-hmm. I, I, I knew I knew I was competent at that. I mm-hmm. knew that I knew that I knew what I was doing. So I just got on and did the job. Um, and the guys, to be fair to them, you know, all credit to them, there was never any resistance. Good. Um, whether there was things said behind yeah, the back, yeah. I don't know. But certainly, like everybody pulled together, and we, you know, I've never had any. Resistance oh, that's brilliant! And I've never had to know what I've never had any. It, it's throughout the whole of the involvement with the industry, there's never. No, I didn't say that. Oh, within within, <laughs> within, within, within our company. business, within our jobs, business, that's right. yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 no, but so I've never had any okay. issues. Like and that. what are the challenges beyond PBS in terms of women in engineering? So I could imagine if you were a woman starting out, it could be quite intimidating. Mm-hmm. Because you go to events, you go to aerospace science events, you mm-hmm. go to industry events, and I am regularly on the Yeah, I guess I didn't really look at it from that point of view, that how how does it affect you? Yeah. But it must be, yeah. But I mean, actually, you're probably all right because you're very confident. <laughs> <laughs> but, but actually, it's all I know. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, but quite often, you know, you, you, and I must... I need to first get over myself now what I look about because I'll know if there are other women in the room, like you, let's look and see what they're doing. Yeah. So are they the people that did the signing sheet yeah, and they yeah. showed their badge and coffee? Yeah, yeah. That's, and that is no, a really no, valid was, job. Yeah, yeah. These doing, don't get me wrong, but are they, are they all that? Yeah. Uh, you know, I actually, you know what, yeah, they are. Yeah. Not all. Uh, but usually, uh, uh, you know, there's a big couple of us that are actually mm-hmm. operationally working and mm-hmm. the rest of it's me. Yeah, yeah. And I, I would think if you and do you, that, do you I, I guess you won't get intimidated, will you? No, but it's all I know. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's all I know. So, but like, I think right for people starting out, that would be quite an intimidating atmosphere. Yeah, it could be. It could be. Um, and I know, like, we have um, one of our girls that goes on to an engineering apprenticeship. She got a lot of grief from the boys on her mm-hmm. intake because she was one of just a couple of girls. Yeah. And she got a lot of grief off the lads. Yeah. And she's very confident to the point of almost being a prop. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she managed and she's done really well and she's now doing a HND and she's getting distinctions mm-hmm. and I'm so proud of her. She's been brilliant now. But she's taking quite a lot of flight, even now. So even in... You know, I think part of the problem is, I mean, it's still seen as a man's job, isn't it? Yeah. And 
can't think of many other jobs, maybe mechanic, but yeah. I can't think of many other jobs where we still think of jobs as men and women's jobs. It's funny. Why is it? I don't know, and it's one of the things people will say. So yeah. like, I remember last year, I think it must have been around International Women's Day, and something had been said about women in engineering, and just out of devilment, I asked a couple of our guys, mm-hmm. like, would you recommend your daughter goes into engineering? And you know what? I remember two out of three said, no, mm-hmm. it's a man's job. It's yeah. a man's world. Sorry, what? Yeah, so, yeah. And you're talking to me, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's me that's asking this, you yeah. know, no, it's a man's world. Oh, yeah, but you're different. Yeah. No, 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 what does that mean? And how does society make you the norm? Yeah. Um, I don't know how we do that. Because no, you can shout all you want and you can go and speak all you want, which I'm sure you do. Yeah. But so my daughter's eight mm-hmm. and um, she occasionally will come to work with me. And Sky, no, <laughs> no, <I'm not> <laughs> Sky who's, um, who she's just did a HMB now, she's an inspector inspection and Isabel will go and spend time with Sky in there, and Sky has shown her how to use the CNC CMO. Okay, yeah. So Sky has shown her how to check parts, and Sky has shown her how gauges work, mm-hmm. and just opened her eyes a little bit. And it, she made me smile the other day, she came home from school and she said, the best friend I she wants to be a pilot, so she's going to be an aerospace engineer. Wow. And she's, yeah, like, yeah. she's like, I'm going to be an aerospace engineer, and we're going to be doing airplanes like you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's a bit more complicated. <laughs> but to have that aspiration, it's yeah. so wonderful, you know, mm-hmm. for us to... But, but that's simply come back in their eyes open by seeing it. And I think there's things like initiatives like Science Week and yeah. stuff like that. And, and there's a primary engineer, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, there is, which yeah. is a really successful scheme. Yeah, in Burnley more than more than yeah. else, I think. Yeah, I'm not yeah. aware of it being over here. No, I don't think, I don't think it has extended over here, but I know it's been very, very successful yeah. um, over there. So, and in terms of, um, obviously, you head up the company. Have you ever come against any external resistance or... Not resistance, but people judging you because you're I've a woman leading it. I've had, um, we've had reps in mm-hmm. where so I'll be in, in here with our works manager and our the rep is talking to him. <laughs> uh, and very consistently, like, like, <laughs> I've had, you know, I have had the occasional, can you get us a brew up? Mm-hmm. Um, people think you're the receptionist. Yeah, so I'm just here to take notes. <laughs> Here's my card if you want to. <laughs> I've had a bit of that, yeah. um, which just, to be honest, amuses me, but mm-hmm. anything. Um, but yeah, there has, been, there has been that. I can't say that, you know, I've glided through and been unaware mm-hmm. of sexism. Yeah, it's definitely there. But you must be very proud to be a woman leading an engineering company. I mean, you'd be proud to be in it anyway, won't you? I'm, proud of, I'm really proud of the work that we do. I'm mm-hmm. proud of the projects we've been involved in, like mm-hmm. just supersonic car, yeah. like rebuilding. I mean, so when we came into the office, there was some incredible stuff on the walls here. Yeah. So you rebuilt Bluebird, yeah. which is... And that's what I'm proud of, right? Yeah. So I'm not proud I'm not proud of being a woman in engineering. Mm-hmm. I'm proud of engineering. Yeah, I'm yeah. super proud that Backstreet Nelson, yeah. we rebuilt Don Campbell's Bluebird. Yeah. So, you know, the space frame came here, we got mm-hmm. BOC and the Melbourne Institute, and we yeah. made stuff, and we rebuilt it, and it left from here. Gina Campbell came down, and wow. it was brilliant. You know, we were we were some of the chief engineers on the Thrust Supersonic Car. We did all kinds of stuff for Richard Noble, including mm-hmm. taking stuff out to the, to the desert in North Africa. And, mm-hmm. and like, Dad was out there at uh, Black Rock when we took, we took the landscape and does some of that stem from because obviously it's a business thing you're doing the work for money but does some of it stem from an interest in doing that exciting stuff as well yeah we love all that yeah, so yeah. we have a massive passion for that so people come to us with problems and we love it yeah, yeah. so we, we enjoy developing product for people we enjoy mm-hmm. like we, we have this big amount of business is 
regular, reliable, um, boring, if you will, mm -hmm. parts of people like Rolls-Royce and oil and gas, mm -hmm. where we're just churning out the same, consistent, yeah. and that's what they need. They need yeah. it to be perfectly boring and consistent mm -hmm. and bob on every time, and we're good at that. But we actually also love you know, the exciting projects, let's yeah, yeah. rocket engines this week, yeah, so we worked yeah. on the British Steam Car, which is a lot of engineering for the British Steam Car, which is okay. a good speed record for a steam driven car, wow. um, the Steve Bennett's rocket engines, we just, you know... So you've done quite a lot in the, um, well, you, sort of rockets and speed yeah. arena, haven't you? And yeah. I guess you probably make a name for yourself, won't you? I think that's probably true, and I think, I think projects have followed on from each other. Mm -hmm. So so when we worked on Trust on a car, we got quite a lot of publicity out of that. Yeah. And I think then word of mouth. And a lot of those design engineers will move from project to project. Yeah, yeah. And they know that they can rely on you, they know the quality's there, they know that you'll do what you say. And so I guess the work follows. Mm -hmm. So yeah, a lot of it is word of mouth. Okay. So yeah, so there's I mean tons of different exciting stuff. In terms of you personally, what do you think your biggest driving force in life is? In life? Yeah. Work. Just, I feel like I'm both. Biggest driving force in life, crikey. Um, what makes you want to get out of bed in the morning? Okay, so I guess, I guess, um, you know, wanting, wanting my kids to be proud, mm -hmm. wanting to provide for them, mm -hmm. is, a, is since having children, that's a big deal. Yeah. Um, and this, um, what was it before children? Yeah, every, well, I'm sorry, I can't just smile into myself. Everybody because, with children, so okay, it's the children, so, which of course is, isn't it, but... So my brother... <laughs> Will will remembers this thing from when we were a kid where I once said we were playing out outside and I was just like, get behind the stick. So we were mess literally messing with sticks. And I was like, get behind the stick. And he's like, yeah, that is your magic life. I'm in charge. Yeah, yeah. I know best. I can fix it. I can make a success. I can do it all. And that's kind of, I guess, that's yeah, been my yeah. drive. And that's like, so when I went into the production environment, and I have no doubt at all I can do this. I can mm -hmm. do this well. Yeah. And, and it's self belief, really. Yeah, exactly. And like, so, you know, you can say, I've always been a bit bossy. Mm -hmm. Talk too much. No, no, no. Um, I want to be in charge. Yeah. Um, but I think I'm competent. Well, I think that's yeah, and I think that's um, there's nothing worse than a weak leader, is there? Yeah. Somebody who doesn't have the you don't have the confidence and the action they want to do it. It's difficult owning mm -hmm. that because you know that thing about striving women and bossy mm -hmm. women and yeah. like, it's used as a slur, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's difficult to own that. Like a man walks in the room and goes, I'm really good at my job. Yeah. And everybody applauds everybody. Yeah. They can't do that almost. Yeah, 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 yeah. They don't, we don't do it. We're very self-deprecating. No, but I'm I've I've got a lot of friends who are just like that, who are women. Yeah. Yeah, I seem to surround myself with this harem of <laughs> really, really strong. I mean, if you've got more than a ring, you'd probably scrap. <laughs> Um, yeah, but I think, yeah, it's really important to have that, isn't it? To have yeah, that so. quality of wanting wanting to be a leader. Yeah. And so, obviously... So I can want it, it's a need. It's like, yeah. And you know that you can organise people better. And so how did, how did you develop, like, a leadership style? Because um, okay, obviously so you're not always... No, so my degree at Hull was in business and accounting, say. Okay. And my dissertation was in leadership, because I knew I was interested in that. So mm -hmm. I did a dissertation in leadership for my undergraduate degree. Um, and then I came and worked for a bit and then I went back to Lancaster University and did a degree, a master's degree in manufacturing leadership mm -hmm. um, and that was the Manufacturing Institute and also Lancaster University and that was really interesting because there was a, it was almost like an MBA for mm -hmm. manufacturing okay. um, with a heavy emphasis on leadership and my, my master's dissertation was in leadership as well and I benchmarked um, leadership, culture and values at BAE Systems okay. against PDS, okay. which is really fascinating. Yeah, yeah. And I was really lucky to get access to Salisbury as well. So at the time we were working with a couple of people 
as part of the uh, aerospace alliance ASCII program. Mm -hmm. And when I said this is what I'm doing, I'm doing this master's degree. Can I? Could you make some introductions? We did. So I got I got in with senior leadership team at SAMS to okay. do interviews and, and stuff. And it was absolutely fascinating to see where is where are we in our mm -hmm. values and cultures and how we interact against like what's you know one of the best. That was absolutely fascinating. And have, in the in your sort of time in leadership, has there any ever been any sort of time when you thought I need I need to lead differently or I need to adapt have you had to change as a leader or the bits um, or have you just been natural at it um, I think yeah I think you have to pitch yourself to the people mm -hmm. that's important I'm very different to my dad yeah. it's much more directive I like mm -hmm. to try and collaborate yeah, yeah. I want people I genuinely want people's views and opinions yeah, yeah. and yeah I might then make up the minds mm -hmm. um, and not necessarily agree but I, can't, I really do enjoy do you think that's part of the generational thing I in terms of Leadership styles and yeah, not desk yeah, 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 and sort of the factory era. Of yeah, that's what people do, and you get told what to do. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's moving on now, isn't it? That who knows, there'll be no leaders in the twenty yeah, years, and everyone will be collective decision. <laughs> that be helpful, isn't it? Um, what is obviously leadership's not all plain sailing, and not everything goes right. Tell me about something that you've failed at or overcome. It doesn't necessarily have to be in business or it doesn't necessarily have to be in PDS, but can you think of anything that has been a sig either failed at or has been a significant challenge? A significant challenge. Um, right, so um, my, my latest failure, if you want to look at it like that, <laughs> just put, um, just some new offices over at Tilly Solutions and mm -hmm. I was just over there this afternoon. And um, John, who's our works manager there, is referring to it as the corridor. Because <laughs> I have, um, it's completely my fault because I expect it. I was like, I want the wall to come to here and I need the wall to go to there. And mm -hmm. it is really woefully not. Why do not? And yeah, we can get a desk and a chair in there. It's fine. It's <laughs> but um, yeah, that, that I guess is my most recent okay. failure. Um, if that's about as bad as it gets, that's pretty okay. I'm sure there's more stuff than that. I'm sure there's more stuff than that. I think sometimes you can. I think people are the most difficult thing about mm -hmm. your job, actually, um, and trying to make sure that you um, take on board what they need, which yeah. is what the business needs. Mm -hmm. um, I think you're absolutely right about the people thing, yeah. because everybody's different, that is a huge challenge, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I think that's, in a way, that's a luxury of the family business, because your culture is different and you, you can yeah. take that interest in people. Mm -hmm. Um, and just that on comes the, the burden, I was just true. going to ask because the family business thing, if you set something up and it all goes wrong, that's your risk. Yeah. Um, you've been, when you've got the family silver, as it were, <laughs> that comes with a huge burden, doesn't it? It does, yeah. We talked a little bit with um, Lord Shuttleworth about this. Yeah. Of, he's gifted this huge estate but yeah. he's got to make sure it's there for the next generation yeah. um, whereas I mean it might not be that you, you want to hand this down to um, the kids but certainly you want your dad to be proud of it don't you definitely um, and I think what we are now is not what my dad created mm -hmm. I think it is different um, mm -hmm. and that's really important to me yeah. that dad did a lot dad's created 
what he created, but I want to take it further. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's natural to say, you know, I, I don't just want to keep the plate spinning and have the answer pass on what I took on. I want, yeah. I do want them to be. So I do, I do want a group of engineering companies. Yeah. I do, you know, Tulli is the first step yeah, in my yeah, path. So yeah. we are already looking at the next thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I said, we're looking at three D printing, and we're looking at robots, yeah. and we're looking at fabrication, and we're looking at so. That's the aspiration: is not to just take what we've got and not stuff it up. Yeah, but yeah. to take what I've got and you know make that a hundredfold. Yeah, and, yeah. And just so it'd know. be a completely different beast, won't it? I would hope um, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I guess. Yeah, you, you, you don't want to stuff it up, though, right? No, yeah. no, yeah, because yeah, you don't have to go into dance on Sunday tea and yeah, and, all that that <laughs> and I guess it's probably too early to say, but would you like to hand it to your kids one day? Well, as I say, she's saying she wants to be an aerospace engineer. Oscar wants to be a zookeeper. Okay, he's, he's an that sounds really fun. It does sound really fun. He either wants to be a zookeeper or a tra- t- Tyrannosaurus Rex. Okay. Really <laughs> but, um, but yeah, Isabel, I want to be a, an aerospace mm-hmm. engineer. And you know what she does, and you know, all power to her. Yeah, because there's, there's often that struggle, isn't there? When it's a family business and you're now into second generation of it. Yeah. There's that consciousness about, well, what happens... If one of the kids don't want to, I think I'm young enough that that's not my problem yet. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. like, so you just don't even think about no, the so end game. No, succession for me is making sure that I've backed up my team. So yeah. I've got a really great works manager here. I've got mm-hmm. a really great manager, works manager at Tooley. I've got great section leaders. Yeah. It's making sure I've got that talent coming through mm-hmm. uh, and engineering skill coming through. And actually, the the what happens in the next generation is a little bit. Far yeah, way, yeah. I don't need to worry about it yet. That's good because so often people want to have an end game in mind, whether that's sell, pass down, whatever. Yeah. So it's good that you can just park it and no, think. I'm that's loving a, what I do. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm um, I'm working with somebody at the moment as a mentor, and and they have a very clear view of you know they'll either sell out or they'll do what they want to do. Mm-hmm. And no, I'm I'm really love what just I do. Just enjoying the I'm now. Building the empire, right? Yeah, and I know yeah. what I want, and yeah. That's good. That's brilliant. And um. What what's something that you wish you knew when you were just starting out that you know now that you could tell yourself twenty years ago? Um, just to know yourself. Yeah. Right. So don't. Does that come with age and experience yeah, though? Learning who you are and all of that. Yeah, I think you reach a point where you just feel like I'm not gonna. I'm, instead of worrying about things, instead of worrying about you know what people think or what you know like. Don't don't tie yourself in knots. Just crack on mm-hmm. and just know yourself and know what you will and won't put up with. Mm-hmm. Um, because actually, like the things you're worried about, probably nobody else cares. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that comes with that comes with age, where you you know you realise actually, I'm, I'm actually I'm not going to put up with whatever it is anymore. Yeah. You know. Do you know it, it's worries do change with time and age, don't they? There are things now where I just think. That's not something I can change. Yeah. So what is the point exactly. in worrying about it? I'm just exactly. going to go home and have two bots of wine. She's not something. Whereas things that would churn you up, I, I think as you get older and you have more experience, you do just think, is this something I can affect? Yeah. What's the point? Exactly. Uh, and I think that comes with priorities and how things change, don't they? Yeah. doesn't it? Um, so in terms of future for you, or future for here, not going too far ahead, but your 
just busy building the empire at the moment. Yeah, that's exactly right. Group yeah. of engineering companies. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. All from Nelson. When I was in my teens, one of my dad's friends had come over and said, you know, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Which mm-hmm. is a 15-year-old, it's a bit offensive, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and I just said, total world domination. <laughs> <laughs> Which was a bit taken aback by, but I thought it was funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that's what it's about. It's about, mm-hmm. as you say, growing an empire. Yeah. Um, and what do you think your greatest achievement so far is? Apart from the kids. Yeah. yeah so people who've got kids, or it's always, always the kids. Right, it's always so, the kids. Yeah. yeah, no. And they are. But yeah, of course it is. Immense, yeah, so it yeah. is them. Yeah. But apart from the kids in a work setting, I think it's um, what we've done at Two and Solutions is mm-hmm. immense. And that has been a real team effort between me and John, the works manager there. Yeah. Um, and I'm so proud to see how that has come from being excellent engineering, but conventional, widely handled stuff, mm-hmm. to CNC computerized. We've got CAD, we've got going down the road of 3D printing. Yeah. We've transformed that technologically. Mm-hmm. And it's still solid engineering, but it's just taken a massive leap forward. And I'm super proud of that. And I'm, I'm proud of how we are as a culture mm-hmm. and, and the relationship we have with our people. Um, and it's, it's all of that, really, which makes you want to come to work. Yeah, yeah. I guess for you, that must be a huge personal achievement because that's something that you set out to do entirely yeah. independently yeah. And, and you've managed to do that. So there must be a real sense of satisfaction out of that. Um, thinking about away from work now, yeah. so we know a lot about the strong woman that is at work, but I can imagine you walking around being really scary. No, <laughs> I would um, but away from work, what's what's an like away from work? What do you do when you get home tonight? Two, well, two young kids, so yeah. a lot of family time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you live in quite an amazing part of the world, really, as well, don't you? Yeah, but, I live in a beautiful area just yeah. outside Headley Bridge, mm-hmm. um, which, when it's not flooded, is mm-hmm. second to none. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is lovely. I like to. I'm a very unlikely runner. Okay. I, when I get stressed, I have mm-hmm. to go and run. And I'm, I've got an entry for the um, Great North Run in okay. September, so I really wow. need to start. And have you always been into running, running, or is it something that. No, really, probably over the last sort of three or four years, okay. I've sort of ramped up on. Um, I just find it's a massive stress relief. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've, start, I've started. It's <laughs> a current little obsession. It's. <laughs> um, is um, doing like boxing fitness. Okay. So, not actually wow. boxing, fighting. No, no, no. no, no <laughs> Maybe you should enter no, one of those white collar ones. If anything works. Put something on at the meeting. Come on. No, no. no. <laughs> no. That is a flat note. No. Um, but I quite enjoy the fitness side of it. So, okay. Like, so, so you know, you you like we're working with pads and gloves. Yeah, and yeah. Doing like running or whatever in between, and I quite enjoy that. So okay. Um, no, I definitely couldn't do real combat. I was um, when I was at uni, I joined the women's rugby team. Right? Okay. It wasn't my idea; it was a friend. My friend was like, "Let's join the women's rugby team. It'll be a." <laughs> and I, I think like this was pri- she was primarily driven by the fact that men's rugby team were coached. <laughs> so I went to one practice, and the point at which I was told I would have to take down my ears and wear a gum guard. I was out there, I was out there. and and you know, like you, they expected me to slide along in the mud after the ball, and I was just like, yeah, "I'm not doing that." Um, so yeah. That's, so I guess that's what so it's quite a lot around fitness. I completely failed at women's rugby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, quite a lot around fitness and stress relief, yeah, I guess. I guess. Um, and then... I'm a workaholic as well, right? Yeah. So, like, I'm so work, I mean, you emailed me the night at... Yeah, so no, I still got it, and actually... <laughs> I didn't WhatsApp you. Said, no, you I said, I didn't WhatsApp you. I was sending you an email. I thought you could have WhatsApp me, because I'm still wide awake too, weren't I? Exactly, exactly. But you know what it's like? You never switch off. You can't switch off, because you are the business. Like, yeah. And mm-hmm. I, that's how I feel about this, whether mm-hmm. it's BDS or tooling. I am the business. Sometimes, though, because I struggle with this, sometimes you really need to just switch off, don't you? Yeah. Because you, you lose that creative ability if you don't have time away. Yeah. 
And that's something that I haven't done, I don't do enough of, but I know that I need to do more. And even sometimes just taking the dog for a walk is that time, but... For me, it's Christmas. Yeah. It's being completely shut down. Yeah, 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 that must be nice, Customers actually. Customers are completely shut down. So even when I'm on holiday, I'll be getting phone calls and emails. But at Christmas, there's nobody there. Yeah. So I get like a week or ten days where it's just peace. And that's brilliant. Yeah. And it, there's nothing to worry about because there's no customers doing anything anyway. So Yeah, yeah. And in terms of um, Lancashire, because uh, Lancashire's an incredible place, isn't it? We're, we're an incredible place for making things, yeah. particularly this end of East Lights. Um, yeah. I think Pendle has one of the highest uh, concentrations of manufacturing of any parliamentary constituency right. in the UK. Um, I, I, Wells the highest. I don't know if Wolverhampton is slightly higher now. Right. Um, but yeah, Pendle had the highest concentration, which is pretty phenomenal. What do you think um, makes Lancashire so great for engineering? Wow. Um, well, yeah, so I that's mean, a big question, we're isn't a cluster, it? aren't we, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a very strong aerospace... Strength in numbers. Yeah, there's a very strong aerospace-specifically cluster in this area, mm-hmm. which I suppose comes out of Rolls-Royce by Norswick. So you've yeah. got quite a lot of startups that originated as people that worked at Rolls-Royce, or Lucas, mm-hmm. say, Lucas Engineering, or MB as they are now, and, and then there's like, there was BEP, and so we've got um, generations of engineers, and, you know, we've got things like... You know, um, jet engines and stuff developed in Salisbury. BAE Salisbury is just, you know, the road, really. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it sort of spawns out of that. But I think yeah. we are, as a as a type of people, we are quite good at, you know, coming up with solutions to stuff. I mean, it's a very unlikely place for so much engineering, isn't it? The transport network is pretty rubbish. Yeah. Um, <laughs> East, west, certainly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does, it worry, does that worry you that we're not getting... The problem is if we don't get connected, eventually it'll... People will That's decide not to be here. Does that does that worry you? Because of course, so many businesses like yours are based here because they're based near bigger partners yeah. uh, who they supply. Yeah. Does it worry you that if we don't get ourselves better connected, that there's a danger for the engineering? Yeah, I think there's two major worries at the moment. There's the first one is what happens as a result of Brexit with mm-hmm. those large customers. Yeah. So you've got people locally that are say saffron potentially. You've got um, people like Paradigm, which are part of a global group. Yeah. You've got so what happens with them as a result of Brexit is a worry. Yeah. Because because they're supporting a mass supply chain. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Take them out, yeah. there's no need for the rest of us mm-hmm. to be here, right? Um, so that's the first thing. The second thing is definitely infrastructure, and I think more than like more than H has been two or whatever it is, H is two mm-hmm. is actually East West. Yeah, yeah. Like for here, we. Yeah, that's great, great, do mm-hmm. that by all means. But yeah. actually, east-west is the most important thing. The thing for me that I'm, I would be concerned about is they will do that. We'll do the north-south, south and we'll, to to stick it. we'll run out of interest and budget, mm-hmm. and we'll never get the east-west And the east. difficulty for us is we're right in the middle, aren't we? Yeah. So, we're, so we're the most unaccessible exactly. from the M6 corridor and the so, A1 corridor. So we've got partners in Liverpool, mm-hmm. and it's next to impossible to get there by train. Yeah. Right in the centre of yeah, Liverpool, yeah. which is absolutely madness. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you think if you drew a line between Hull and Liverpool, we'd probably go right through. Yeah, there should yeah. be a really good Absolutely. connection there, but there isn't. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, we're really badly connected to other parts of the northwest, aren't we? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, that, that's obviously a challenge that we'll have to um, overcome. In terms of Lancashire itself, obviously, it's the greatest county. Obviously, um, obviously. Yeah. Um, what is um, what's another business that's your favourite Lancashire business that's not one that you will? Oh my god! I know. I've just that's sprung this on you. What am I, so like I, I'm proud of mm. farmhouse biscuits. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then, well awesome. the oat flips are just amazing. <laughs> no, but I mean they're making for 
and a yeah. mason. Yeah. They're just up the road in Nelson yeah. and they're making fun and the mason stuff. That's mm-hmm. awesome. It's yeah. very incredible. We have quite a lot of food production, don't we? Because we've got Wellex as well. Yeah. We've got, yeah. um, you know, there's some absolutely amazing aerospace engineering going out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, so, so some of our customers like Paradigm and Rolls-Royce mm-hmm. at Bonnells where, you know, absolutely cutting-edge stuff that they do. And what do you think we need to do as a county? Because I think we're a little bit overlooked, not overlooked sometimes, but I think I think we're getting very good with people like Richard Slater shouting within the county yeah. about what's going on within the county. Yeah. We need people outside of the county to know, don't we, we do. how brilliant it is and that there are businesses like Farmhouse and you yeah. and lots of other yeah. people here. Yeah, I mean, we do some absolutely incredible things here and we probably don't make the most of it. And I think we need to make sure we keep hold of the Northern Powerhouse thing. Yeah, yeah. And that isn't just seems to be magic. I know, and it's a slight worry recently, isn't it? Obviously, Jake Berry was, um, it was good to have a Northern Powerhouse minister who was from the North yes. and from Lancashire, particularly yeah. for us that and I think that's slight worry obviously all the noise coming out of government is that they're going to rebalance the north but then to get rid of the northern powerhouse minister who I think had settled into the job very well and was well liked and, and was yeah and was um, it, well, it was the only figurehead that we had really wasn't it yeah and now we've got a guy from down south as the northern powerhouse minister just doesn't leave a great deal of confidence but hopefully Hopefully, Hopefully we will find bigger, you will find that advocate. That out. Yeah. yeah. Um, in terms of uh, areas in Lancashire, um, what's your favourite? Where's your favourite place in Lancashire? Favourite place in Lancashire. Um, I mean, some beautiful places mm-hmm. around Pendle. Around, we are very lucky around here. We are with Pendle Hill mm-hmm. and, and sort of the walking around here is just brilliant. Um, you know, I don't even know what mine would be if I'm honest. I mean, you can't beat the view on top of Pendle, really. No. I quite like, so I live uh, really close to Bolsworth. Alright. Um, I quite like that because it's unspoiled and it's yeah. not when you've got Pendle and you're falling over each yeah. other. I can go walking with the dog for three hours and not see anyone, and it's yeah, amazing. It feels like Wuthering Heights. You kind of almost in Yorkshire. Yeah, and I, you can, I can sing at the top of my voice. <laughs> I can sing at the top of my voice so nobody can hear me. Perfect. Yeah, and it's right. I mean, I, I'm less than a mile from the Yorkshire border, so I'm yeah. as close to Yorkshire as yeah. it can be without. Um, and there's a lot of synergy there as well. It's like where we are. I mean, we're probably we're closer to people like Halifax even yeah. in our Preston. Yeah, yeah. Um, so in terms of like thinking about sort of supply chains and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, we should. I mean, like it's amazing, but we perhaps as a county we need to make sure we are joining that up with East West. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, it's difficult to do that, isn't it? Because, like I said, we're very, we're getting very good, and it's down to like your business fee and stuff like that that yeah. we're getting very good at all knowing what each other are doing. Yeah. But then we look at AMRC moving up to Salisbury. Mm-hmm. So AMRC is only in Sheffield. Yeah. You know, you'd think that Northwest companies would travel to Sheffield to use their facilities. Yeah. But actually, part of the reason that's gone into um, the AE Salisbury is a recognition that actually Northwest companies aren't going mm-hmm. to Sheffield, <laughs> which is madness because actually it's not that far. Yeah. Um, yeah. But but the confidence the AMRC putting that site in at Salisbury for the benefit of the Northwest is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So people do know. What's going on? I mean, I think we're an incredible place for starting and growing a business. When you look at places like Boundary Mill, which was yeah, starting growing at Barnfield Construction, where yeah, these are yeah, all... Yeah. Um, we're very lucky because there's that entrepreneurial spirit which has encouraged those people to start their businesses here. And luckily, because of the personal attachment, they've stayed here. Yes. So we've ended up with a lot of very large businesses headquartered here. That, we've got Daisy as well. Yeah, 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 that we probably wouldn't have here if it weren't for the personal connection of 
the entrepreneurs. I think just, this is about the people. Well, yeah. Because they're obviously getting the staff in it. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's that whole thing about the brain drain and the people yeah, go to university and never come back. But people are obviously getting the right kind of skilled people uh-huh. um, or they wouldn't be staying here. No, no, you're absolutely right. Because doing marketing like we do, brain drain is something that we've worried about or suffered from yeah. because kids go off to someone like Manchester it's really cool and then they get a job at a really trendy Manchester agency <laughs> and then we just have nobody we oh, just like super luckily Alex who uh, produced the podcast he um, went and did a degree in Manchester in marketing and uh, wanted to come home so we just steal one back from Very Manchester um, we're just going to do a, a little uh, it's not really a quick fire round doesn't matter yeah. if it takes a little bit of thinking about but um, but before before we do that, well, I think yeah. I probably know the answer to this question. But what's the favourite? What's your favourite thing that you bought from a Lancashire business? The favourite thing I bought from a Lancashire mm. business. You say farmers biscuits. Oh, please. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's a bundle store, but it's a sandwich for mummies. Yeah. Oh my God, all these sandwiches—they're to die for, aren't they? Amazing. I have to think about that. I don't know. Yeah, I do know. It's kind of a big question that. Mine's probably a pork and apple pie from White Sands, which I'm absolutely addicted <laughs> to. I love that we've been moving down the food route. I'm all in the food route. Like, yeah, yeah. That's a really good point, and we are a real. We've become really, um, particularly for uh, eating out. We've oh, become so amazingly good at What's it. The, oh, the guys at uh, um, there's the forest at Fens, yeah, yeah, and then there's the White Swan, and yeah, then White Swan's amazing. Yeah, oh my god, there's the Ashton Yeah, we're not even we that far from Northcott. We've become a real, we've become a real food destination place where people are now coming, doing walking weekends yeah. and eating here. We're as lucky as the lakes or anybody yeah. like that. And you look at Michelin stars mm-hmm. as well in this Absolutely. area. There's like. more, there's more in Lancashire than there are in Manchester. That's crazy, I think Manchester's got none or one. So just churning out <laughs> crap food for the masters for actually spending time cooking it. Uh, so a quick fire round, very uh, aptly. The first question is, what is your favourite food? Uh, my favourite food is, I should say like a hot pot now. It's hot pot, no, it's like, <laughs> it's not hot pot. It's... Um, Eccles cake. Yeah. <laughs> you, know what? you know what, I should say that. My favourite, my favourite Lancashire food is the little Eccles cakes you get at Northcott. Okay. Coffee. Yeah, yeah. meal. They're amazing. Okay. And what is your favourite music genre? I'm a bit of an indie girl. Are you? Yeah. Oh, I can imagine like, that. Yeah. Rocking out at a gig. Yeah. I can imagine so that. Funny. Yeah. Slices, blur, that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. I can absolutely picture that. Who's your favourite Antor Deck? Deck. Yeah, I think... I, do, I think everybody said that, if you know who they are. Um, what's well, the time? You, you had to explain, answer that. Did you go on the back of the road? Yeah. What's on your bucket list that you've not done yet? I want to go to Tibet. Okay, why Tibet? Uh, well, I wanted to go to t- Tibet when I was younger, but there was um, the stuff going on with China and the borders got closed and that. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, I want, to go, I want to go up through Nepal, okay. through Kathmandu, and then up to Tibet. I'm desperate to do that. Wow. I'm going to try and do that this year if I can. Wow, yeah. that's quite a... That's a very unusual thing to uh, be on somebody's bucket list. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, different. Um, and what is your favourite memory? My favourite memory? Mm. My favourite memory? Well, we've already talked about meeting Neil Armstrong. Yeah. Um, kids. Yeah, the kids. It's got to be a kid list, isn't it? So, um, my favourite memory? This is not very quick fire, is it? No, but it's fine. They're not meant to be quick fire. It's meant to be um, probing. <laughs> I don't know what mine would be. 
Mine's probably just having dinner at my grandma's when I was little. Aww, <laughs> that's really cute. Really used to switch a free- I used to switch a freezer off every Thursday night. And I left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure if it's my favourite memory, but I'm quite, I suppose a revealing memory about me is um, being at my grandparents and making them play buses or shops. I wish it would involve giving me the money. <laughs> so we'd set up chairs like a bus and they'd have to get on the bus and give me And then the jar And then they get off and I might give them change and And then the, the games were always about, or we play, we play tea parties and um, my tea party games always involved, there was always like remittance. There was always like, here's your, here's, your, here's your little cup of pretend tea, here's your invisible cake and now I'll so you've always had the entrepreneurial spirit. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Actually, actually, yeah. When when my, so when my dad first set up, um, and he was over in Burnley, I remember there was one holiday. So I don't, I wasn't ten. I'd be like eight or nine, and um, I must have been bored. So mm-hmm. I went out and I washed, uh, I washed my dad's car. And I think he said he gave me a quid or something. So I washed the car, and then I washed the works van. <laughs> and then there were some tenants in the building, right? So, no, seriously. So I, I said to her, and I, wondered, I must have gone and said, can I, if I wash your car, can you know, like, would you pay me kind of thing? And what, the, the guy in the first unit was like, yeah, yeah. But if I tell you by 4 o'clock that afternoon, I'd about six of the local kids on the side working for me. And dad just was over the moon. Like, dad just thought this was the best thing just ever. And I had these little like kids. gang master. <laughs> I could probably been eight or nine, and they were probably between like I guess they were seven, eight, nine. They were mm-hmm. similar. We were a similar age, but yeah. But I had buckets and soap wow. and like sponges, and we made an absolute killing. <laughs> we made an absolute killing. I remember getting to the end of the day and working out how we we're going to divvy it out. Wow. It was brilliant. It was that, brilliant. that is a fair entrepreneurial story. Yeah, from yeah. And actually, they must have had a good time too. Because did you pay them or did you just? I know, I, did not. I paid them. I paid them, and I remember, I remember like making them um, hot chocolate and okay. soups and stuff as well. So I was a good employer. Yeah. I paid them, and I remember, um, I remember somebody at work, one of somebody worked for my dad, saying to me afterwards that all the holidays they tipped up going, is she here <laughs> doing the car washing? <laughs> <laughs> so so they he's got a full time job. It's not like you were just going home. Like, yeah. You think like the parents think it works? Going on cash to career hot chocolate stash. Wow, wow. Yeah, exactly. Um, that has been brilliant. Thank you very much for giving us an insight into what it's like to be a woman in engineering. Yeah, I know that you'll continue to do what you do with the vision board and the chamber to keep flying the flag for women in engineering, and hopefully, um, people listen to this will talk to their kids about how viable yeah, engineering is within within um, East Lancashire and well, within the UK as a whole. So thank you very much. That's been brilliant. Thank you. As always, Spitting Feathers is produced by Alex Hallisey and hosted by me, Paul White, for spittingfeathers.co.uk. We'll be back real soon, but if you like what you've heard today, please remember to subscribe for the next episode.